Hello and welcome to the second episode of the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts, I'm the editor of PC Gamer and I'm joined here by... Phil Savage, deputy editor. Tom Senior, uh, web editor of PCGamer.com. Andy Kelly, section editor. Cool. Um, so uh, we got a response to last week's episode. It cracked the iTunes charts, which is nice. And uh, people do seem to be listening and enjoying it, which is great. When, when you say cracked, you mean top 40. Like. Well, top 40 is all right for games and hobbies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even overall. It's just within oh, yeah, no, no, no. No, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's been really nice. So people have obviously uh, grateful that we brought the podcast back after so many years. Uh, we're glad to be doing it. So uh, we're going to do the same thing we did last week, which is talk about some games and answer your questions. So... The first game we're going to talk about today is Planet Coaster, which I understand Andy Kelly, who you, you've played it this week, I believe, yeah. uh, is the spiritual successor to the Roller Coaster Tycoon series. It was very popular on PC in the late 90s to early noughties. Is that right? That's right, yes. Um, Frontier are making it. They don't just do spaceships. They also do roller coasters. They made the third one as well, didn't they? They did. They made two and three. Um, but yeah, the first game is still one of those games you see popping up on Reddit and stuff. People making mad rides or messing with the systems and having fun with it. So it seems like the perfect time to bring it back with the success of stuff like City Skylines, Prison Architect. People have gone mad for the old Sims again. And uh, it's not a tycoon game, but it is basically the same. As in you build a park, people come to it. They've got little robot brains that you have to please by okay. building exciting rides and building a nice looking park. But um, the difference being technology has advanced so much since the last one and the complexity of the creation and of the simulation have increased massively. So, um, so yeah, so part creation, creating a theme park, creating roller coasters, part simulation, managing your budget, keeping people happy, that sort of thing building toilets when they need a wee. Okay. That kind of deal. So how, how is it not a tycoon game then? Because I, I kind of... Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just in terms of the brand. Like, I, I don't know... Oh, if, right, okay. Yeah, I, I think it meant the genre. Okay. Yeah, no, it is... Uh, yeah, as in, I meant tycoon as in, like, the roller coaster Tycoon series. It's not part of that. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, they, they've created their own thing, which is Planet Coaster. The reason it's called that, or one of the reasons, is because <clears throat> when you load up the game, there's a globe... The, me- the main menu is a globe with little icons on it. If anyone ever played Little Big Planet hmm. on the con- on them, their consoles, yeah, it's very similar to that. So all the little icons on the globe are people's parks, friends' parks, your parks, friends of friends' parks, top picks and stuff like that. So it's like a community hub type thing. That's cool. I, I um, did I do I did always think the format of that in Little Big Planet was a bit of a nightmare to navigate. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a nice idea in principle. Yeah. Well, it, I, you know it seemed. With that, you had a controller. Now with a mouse, it's quite easy just to spin it around and yeah, click on something. Um, so yeah, I went to play it, play a pre-alpha build. Um, they're doing the same they did with Elite, releasing it as an alpha, listening to the community, editing the game, tweaking it, balancing it based on feedback. Um, but the version I played with it was quite impressively robust, you know, like the creation tools and sort of moving around the park with a camera and uh, jumping into the eye, the, the heads of the visitors as they ride the rides and be able to see them, the things you've made from the first person. Um, but yes, it's, it just seems like the creation tools in it are so insanely deep because there are building blocks you snap together to a grid like any other creation game, but yeah. you can at any time break out of that grid and just move a thing anywhere or resize it to any size kind of thing, um, which obviously opens up the possibilities for making 
stuff, truly unique stuff, because you're not constrained by a grid. Mm. And the same applies to roller coasters. You can build the tracks and you can set a grid to help you make a, a ride that works <clears throat> fairly easily. But then at any point you can modify the controls to move the track by any increment, uh, any elevation, any height. So you can like, you know, you can make realistic roller coasters, or you can make ones that, you know, crazy ones that would kill people if they were if they exist in real life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a really powerful set of tools attached to a simulation where everything feeds into the simulation. So everything you, every tree you place, every <clears throat> um, loop you make in a ride will somehow tickle the tiny brains of your visitors. Um, so it's quite cool that it all feeds into that. Everything you do has a meaning. Even decorations and stuff will n not just make your park look cool, but will make your visitors... Uh, react in a certain way so it seems seems like one of those games I can tell is going to spawn an amazing community of people just making stuff you go I can never do that yeah yeah they're going to go for <coughs> Steam Workshop support as well yeah yeah that's cool um, yeah that's, that sounds like the sort of game like City Skylines where uh, people maybe don't realise how much they want it until it comes out and then people people you know will realise how long that sort of subgenre has gone dormant yeah. and uh yeah, it looks really cool. The art style is kind of nice as well, isn't it? It's sort of yeah, like it's very, cartoony but yeah. realistic a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it takes advantage of modern PCs with uh, light, uh, sort of nice lighting effects and stuff. But it is very cartoony and Pixar esque, uh, the character models and stuff. But yeah, I, I personally have no had no interest in that genre. Hmm. But then when I went to see it, I went, ah, oh, actually, I can see myself sitting and building stuff with this and having a lot of fun so my experience of those games was basically making the most uh, building up to making the most ambitious roller coaster i could then bankrupting myself before i could finish it properly like <laughs> yeah. that was uh, that's how i remember the original roller coaster tycoon do you guys play much of that series no my only real like connection with roller coaster tycoon is watching all the videos of the communities that exist purely to make death trap roller coasters <laughs> yeah. that kill people in the most elaborate way possible yeah. I, I assume that's still catered for as yeah. a yeah, you can. Um, yeah, you. The, there's the sort of laws of physics apply to the, every coaster you make. So when you make a, a a loop or a drop or whatever, the height and the velocity of it will affect the people as you might oh. imagine it would. They didn't explicitly. That's the say game. Could, that's the real game, right there. Yeah, <laughs> well, they didn't say explicitly say it could kill people. So that's as yet unconfirmed. But um, it seems quite cutesy and nice and family friendly. But. So did the other ones. Is it, is, is, is it going to be like the Arkham series where they get knocked out with such force yeah. that you yeah. kind of think they're basically into, dead? Into the little gravestones. That's how they should do it. It just, <laughs> it just you know, they fall off a 50 foot drop and then it just says RIP on a like, yeah, little that's stone. That's very like 90s PC gaming. Yeah. They should bring back that callousness, I think. Okay, yeah. interesting. But yeah, so yeah, it's a weird one because I, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of sim type games and I, I hate theme parks in real life. I find them tedious and I don't, yeah, I have no, <laughs> I find roller coasters tedious. That's, I've always that's, a, that's a weird sentence, but I do. I've always um, loved those types of games, so going back to like theme park and stuff, I, yeah. I, I, do, I really like the micromanagement of, it's a, it's a, I always liked preferred park to hospital because a, a theme park's more fun than a hospital to me. Yeah. As, uh, as fun as that game. Uh, is. That that hospital was pretty fun. It was a, yeah, I guess so. But still, you know, where would you rather be in a theme park or a hospital? Or, yeah. or in a hospital that has undergone a vomiting epidemic, <laughs> slowly yeah. covering the floors. Yeah, and I, I uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I Roller Coaster Tycoon was a, it, it's quite quite a complex game actually as well. Like it was quite hard to make a successful yeah. park and it took well, a long time to build up to the really big stuff yeah it's the, they said the same uh, but you know with even more layers of complexity and, and 
more ways for the punters to react to things you build and just more reactivity in, in general, which seems like if you want to be in there just for the creation stuff, you can have that. There are modes where you, you can just build freely, but there's also the hardcore simulation mode. There will also be SimCity-style scenarios, so you'll be put in charge of a park that's falling apart or failing in some way, mm. or you have to build a ride that achieves a certain level of excitement. So that sounds quite cool. I always enjoyed those in SimCity. That's cool. I suppose something like uh, the byproduct of the modern age as well is people will start replicating Disney Disneyland rides and stuff yeah, as well. well. Now, because they've put... Um, curved paths in it for the first time the developer was very excited when he told me about that he says you can now recreate real, real parks because you know previously you'd be shackled to a grid Yeah. but now you can do whatever you want and it goes back to that thing where most things you build you can hold control and it, it just gives you free form movement over it including placing a path so you can snap a path together easily but then you can hold control and just move it to any most subtle uh, direction shift you can think of and you can make weird shapes with it and stuff so it's it's like a genuinely powerful s set of tools to make some really cool stuff and you, I'm sure people will. Can you d uh, direct visitors into a central abyss in the centre of your park like all roads lead to the abyss and spiral into it and yeah. they just kind of walk into it like lemmings You probably could. Fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 did mean. not, I did not try <laughs> that but yeah. I think this is going to be huge uh, to be honest like uh, I, yeah. I, I like City Skylines it will just take off like um it's sort of and like Stardew Valley did as well like it was, it's it's finding those sort of like niche uh, sort of sub-genres that people who love those sorts of games really love them and buy all of them and uh, yeah I, when was the last time there was a game like this was it Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 like well, that was 10 years ago wasn't it or maybe even longer yeah hasn't Roller Coaster I assume the reason they're not doing Roller Coaster Tycoon is hasn't that come back yeah Atari has the rights to that yeah, yeah uh, oh, as yeah. some sort of yeah. kind of mobile spin-off PC port thing yeah, well, that, that explains it. Yeah, like, and to an extent, you're right. It's like the City Skylines thing where SimCity was released, and for all the uh, bells and whistles, it had, it it just wasn't what PC gamers wanted clearly, yeah. and so like it's just open there for a studio to come in and say, look, we, we're going to do this again, and we're going to do it well, and yeah. it might as well be Frontier Singers. Yeah. Like those um those formats never stop being fun. Uh, like uh, you can see uh, a modern kind of railroads equivalent as well. There's still just a few kind of uh, games lying around that they could resurrect for free free money. Yeah. Um, though weirdly, like uh, my mind goes immediately to, to Dungeon Keeper, which I loved when I was younger. But actually, I'm not sure like that kind of humour would necessarily update to like a modern retelling of it. Mm. I, I don't know if like fat farting bile demons and like dominatrix torture maidens and stuff whether that yeah. seems kind of out of date now and a bit farting demons <laughs> is always funny that, that is always funny to be honest well the humor in planet coaster is very much the same as theme park and stuff like that it's hmm. you know the uh, expressive animations and sort of daft sense of humor and stuff so yeah it does yeah. it does sort of feel like a game out from another time in a way yeah but with but with the benefit of modern tools and technology yeah, I'm trying to think of a game I've played recently that had farting in it. I mean, the the, f the Fable series aside. Um, Apes Odyssey I, remake. Did uh, you tasty, mm -hmm. but that doesn't really count because it had farts in it. And yeah, it was a specific update, wasn't it? Uh, did Jazz Punk have fart sounds in it as it well? Did, yeah. There was there was definitely a whoopee cushion. cushion. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I don't know if there was like proper wind. Yeah, actual. <laughs> well, the actual breezes. <laughs> I still <laughs> Who think knows? farts are funny. Yeah, I think I think it has a place, you know, um, and like there's so few funny games anyway, or, or games that dare to move out of, out of like neutral when uh, when it comes to tone that 
I think something like that's all right. I think like something like Planet Coast. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Planet Coaster. Yeah. Uh, you, you sort of have to take that tone anyway, because, like I say, the first thing people or, you know, certain people are going to want to do is fly people off into the abyss from the edge of a, yes. a half-complete roller coaster. <laughs> they have to cater to that stuff. Yeah, exactly. If you go, like, realistic <clears throat> or any other tone than sort of mild kind of... Peril. Yeah, <laughs> like Pixar-style peril. Yeah. You, you just... It's going to become harrowing. It's going to be... It's going to be lawsuits. It's going to be Alton Towers all over again. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then moving on. Um, <laughs> so you, you're, uh, you think it's going, to, it's going to live up to those older games in Andy? Yeah, it seems like they're doing a good job. And the people I interviewed who are making it seem they worked on some rollercoaster tycoon games. They seem pretty. You can tell when a, a developer doesn't care or isn't fully invested. Yeah. And these guys, you can tell, are like the opposite. They're totally like mad for the genre. And it was quite infectious, the enthusiasm. It's quite nice to see uh, Frontier sort of like, um, you know, stepping up and, you know, kind of like reintroducing these genres they were such a key part of. Like uh, Elite is very much that as well. Um, just, you know, yeah. bringing that bang up to date and showing us what a modern version of a, that sort of game looks like. Uh, especially because they, they make such PC-centric games. It's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so something else we've been playing this week is Hitman, uh, which the continued adventures of a- Agent Forty Seven. Uh, Phil, you've been messing around with the contracts and escalations, haven't you? Yeah. Um, after after wringing as much as I could out of the main level as IO have created it, there's I mean, Hitman. One of the the good things about this this first episode is while it is just a couple of tutorials on one level, there are a lot of extra modes that let you kind of let, challenge you to do things that you wouldn't normally need to do. Um, Escalations are a really good example of that. It's um, these are like contracts that IO have created themselves. Uh, usually, the first one in a series will be one target, kill him while wearing a certain disguise, maybe with a certain weapon, um, and then once you've done that, you play it again. But they've added a new complication. They call it. Um, there'll be like a new car, a new objective on the objective screen. Maybe hack a laptop that's somewhere else on the level, or steal something or kill a different target with a different costume, something like that. And there's five tiers for each escalation challenge and like they just sort of constantly refine in unexpected ways. Like you think, okay, I've come up with a really graceful solution for this current challenge and then the next one it will be, okay, I just didn't think of that. So um, in one of them they introduced target and like I could get him from long distance because... With the disguise that I had to wear, there was no easy way of getting to him. But, you know, sniping from long distance. It wasn't clean. It was, you know, other people saw, but I got out of there and that was fine. Mm. But then the next level of that was, okay, anything, anyone you kill, you have to hide the body within 90 seconds, otherwise you fail. And that means, okay, well, I've actually got to get into the room and drag him and hide him. I can't just take it. So it's like, okay, well, now I need to think of another way to... To, to solve that challenge and it's a really sort of interesting refinement yeah that's uh that sounds like um it, with the hitman's sort of like slight glitchiness at the moment is that sort of like if the body's discovered within 90 seconds stuff is that like is that sort of thing a bit a bit harder to i like i could see how I, how you could have problems like playing the main game one of the problems i had was um drowning Viktor Novikov in the toilet and uh, the doors were closed no one could see us we were alone in there but the moment I killed him the body found message came up and it was right. like well I found him I guess 
Yeah, I created his body. That never happened when I did when I drowned him in the toilet. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was a bug. Yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't supposed to happen. So, so like theoretically, that stuff could go wrong. I haven't had too many problems with escalation. It's been okay, but yeah, the fact that you can't save during like escalations or contracts, like it, it's a one run only thing, kind of makes me worry. Given how you know <clears throat> prone to disconnects or glitches Hitman can be, what I really worry about is when they do the elusive targets, which will be like the one time you have one shot. at killing this person and that's something they want to drop in and it's like well currently i'm not sure the game is in a state where it can actually do that come like somebody is going to hit a disconnect like if they play during a period of steam maintenance or something they'll just get kicked back to menu and what happens then yeah like that's just ruined for you kind of Hmm. okay yeah uh, all right then. So it's still a work in progress. Definitely a work in progress. Sounds interesting though. <clears throat> yeah, um, contracts mode as well. That's it's another sort of. It's a really good idea, but the execution isn't quite there yet. This is um, like Absolution had it. You, you pick the targets yourself. Uh, you play through the level. You mark targets, and however you kill them, the challenge is to kill them that way. But it's a bit kind of loose at the moment. Like uh, so, um, I spent a significant amount of time trying to set up a bunch of accident kills, electrocuting this guy or getting a chandelier to fall on this person. Um, and the game doesn't register that at all. Like, it, it knows you've done an accident kill, but when it comes to showing you the results of that screen, it just says, oh, yeah, kill him with any weapon because you didn't specify a weapon. And it's like, well, no, but I did specify something that you now don't recognise, which kind of ruins the challenge. Mm. And the other problem with contracts is you just can't search for contracts or find contracts your friends have done anything like that the, the, everything you publish goes into a latest contracts menu and then it's gone forever once it's been they, that's a problem interestingly they sent around a survey yeah i got that the, as well one of the options for people that played the the thing they put a, an option was what do you want to see added to the game one of them was like the briefcase which was missing from other games yeah, yeah. and one of them was contract search mode which why is that not in there yeah, no, 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 it's like, in the beginning there are so many like obvious features missing from just like the menu like the infrastructure itself just doesn't support what you'd think a modern game would like look at any leaderboard board, any leaderboard for any like contract challenge or mission or whatever and you'll get you see the first 10 results and they'll all be people who've got maximum score which is like 210,000 but that's not information I need. What what I want to know is... Just need a filter button. Yeah, what I want to know is, yeah. well, what score did my friend get, and yeah. can I do it better than them? But there's no way to find that yeah, information. Yeah, you're never going to beat, like, yeah, the guy who doesn't have a job and sits and plays it, <laughs> like, constantly and gets the best score. Oh, I hate yeah. that guy. <laughs> you can't compete with that guy. No. He's the top of the leaderboard he's, in every game. He's the best. So you don't want... Yeah. When do you ever look at the top of the leaderboard in a game and go, yeah, yeah it's like that. it's like um, like last week we were talking about Devil Daggers. Mm. The thing I'm not interested in is what is the best person at Devil Daggers, except for the fact that, you know, I can actually watch his run and see how good he is. The thing I'm interested in is how many seconds has Chris Thurston got and can I beat him? <laughs> and the answer is no still, but... <laughs> Well, having having said that, I I am eighth in the world in one of the Red Faction Guerrilla Destruction maps. Um, so right. wow. I think that's mainly because the game used to be on Games for Windows Live, got ported to Steam. Ten people played it, including me, and uh, and I got into that yeah. leaderboard. I have so, a yeah. I have a screenshot of me being top of the world in Paris and Hitman. 
but that was before the game was released to the public. <laughs> and games journalists are rubbish at games, so yeah. that was quite easy. Yeah, that's true. I, got, uh, I think I was seventh in the Frozen sign-ups leaderboard during the beta, beta phase, <laughs> and then the game over to the public, and I was like hopelessly defeated by the entire world. For a good long while in Just Cause 3, I, was, I glided the furthest with a wingsuit. Um, this was before it came out, but then like, I came back, and uh, a lot of prominent YouTubers who remain nameless had beaten me. And so I went. I flew at the highest height, and I glided for literally forty minutes. Oh no, we, yeah. were, we were defeated by new media. <laughs> <laughs> just Cause Three was a fun one because it was just a bunch of journalists and YouTubers, and there were a couple of journalists. You were one of them because you were playing it to review for us. Yeah. Uh, there was another who was reviewing it for RPS, naming no names. Yeah. But every time I saw that name, I was like, I'm going to beat that yeah. score. <laughs> I, I did beat them all in my, in my long glide, but then next time I logged in, someone had glided for like an hour and a half, and I thought, I'm not. There's, there's a limit to... And that's when you gave the game like 60-something percent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what, if that's the reason I gave... Forget I this. Given, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine otherwise, but I was just so... It was like, YouTubers are better than me, this game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, I'm glad the Hitman's still got some sort of value in it. I will go back to it I uh, to get more than a 0 out of 5 but assassin rating. I think certainly. the... Yeah. Like the best thing I can say about it is I've played it for probably 15 to 20 hours now. Like right, the, there's a few levels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and for one level of what will be a thing that is added to yeah. monthly, I can see this thing really having legs. I just really hope that IO sort of, they don't just add the new stuff. They also go back and look at what they've got and refine that and yeah. and sort out just, just the basic infrastructure of the game. I'm also interested to know how many levels there'll be in the end. I know they've talked a bit about their future plans. Mm. Actually, they've talked quite a lot about it, but like, I think it will need about eight to ten levels to feel like a complete thing, in all honesty. Well, um, so the full release is planned in next year, yeah, early next year, I think. There are eight or nine locations planned. That's all right. With, and I like it. Sounds like it will be a good amount of stuff. Are they doing a yeah. level a month? I think that's the plan. Like, I, you've got to assume they've already got the shells of all these levels mapped yeah. out. Because well, I think the next two exist. Yeah, they must do. Played them because um, the idea. On another website. <laughs> they should, I think they should think about um, like the older Hitman games. You'd also get some levels that are kind of like. Well, there were levels that duplicated scenery and stuff. Like they should have just kind of like remix, kind of like tiles and stuff, creating uh, new layouts of environments with the same assets. Like I don't think well, they should be afraid to do that. Sort in of this stuff. day and age, yeah. on the internet, when um, any reused assets is gets pounced upon by the yeah. The, the community and so, like but laziness sheer laziness but like if you play Hitman 2 there's um there's about I think about 8 or 9 levels set in Moscow and it's just it's the same like few blocks and like sewers again and again and again it's another but age Sam it was <laughs> it was but like yeah. uh, but but the, the mission objectives were different and the layout mm. being different created a different experience and I yeah. I think that's worth doing even if uh, people will watch about it you still get all the other levels as well but yeah right it sort of seems like they're afraid to fully go for this episodic model they've settled on like it's still like okay now that it will be a full game eventually there will be a box you'll be able to buy it and then it'll be like done and complete it's like what the system you've come you know that you've sort of settled on is such a good playground for creating new ideas and experimenting with stuff like there's no reason why they couldn't at the end of it all go okay well now we're going to do a season two and well, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's like, there's no reason why this couldn't just run and run, which would be nice because it's been a long time since there's been a proper hitman about. Yeah, I think things will feel a lot better as well when there when there are two levels, and then when they're doing like the kind of like weekly one-off contracts, and and you know you can go back to different levels, and then it will just feel like a more varied, complete experience. It it can only get better from here, mm. which is exciting. Okay, cool. 
Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was the HTC Vive. Um, so at the PC Gamer Weekender, uh, NVIDIA brought along uh, the Vive uh, for the first, I think, first UK public hands-on. Uh, and it was enormously popular on both days. Um, and at the very end of, uh, or was it the Sunday, Sunday night? Yeah, um, the last did, thing we did. The last thing we did before. Mm. The Tired and broken, <laughs> as we were. They were literally dismantling the event around our ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I came, I came out of virtual reality and like the stage was gone. And yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, I'm in a car park now. And you guys, you guys had a go on it. But um, you weren't as blown away as I hear every <laughs> single person going, oh my God, yeah. it's a life-changing experience of... This is this blows Oculus out of the water, blah blah blah. People have cried at the whale, and it's it's become a bit annoying, really, because <laughs> I've, I've not because I don't have one. And uh, yeah. how dare you have these transcendental experiences? <laughs> and I'm keen to know what you guys sort of saw in it and what you got out of it and how you felt about it afterwards. I mean, it's 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 the most impressive VR I've ever tried, uh, in terms of particularly how responsive the controllers are and manipulating mm. things is really fun, and the scanners are really super accurate. They really you know accurately represent where your hands are in the environment. Um, and the VR itself is quite good. It's still very aware that you're looking at a screen. There's no sense that you're kind of... Um, but the, the quality of it and the kind of aliasing of it, of it means that it's just still obviously, very obviously, a virtual environment. And I wasn't expecting it to feel to be reality, but um, based on what people had said, I kind of thought it might be a bit closer to a sharper, cleaner image than it actually was. And by far the biggest thing for me was just kind of evaluating it as a consumer. Like, uh, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll... What if I bought one? Because it's uh, you know it's on the, it's, it's the price has been announced. It's going to be released in a, a month or two, and then evaluating it as a consumer product, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable. It's quite heavy. Um, there are a lot of wires trailing around you as you're moving around, and to me, it just didn't feel safe to move around in. Yeah, you were constantly aware of that wire. I don't, like I didn't see anybody trip up or anything like that. Like it, it was clearly positioned in a way where it was okay but like the, there's a moment where you get like you're always aware of the walls and even knowing if you get too close to a wall it'll flash up the green grid so you'll know okay stop readjust i'm about to walk into something yeah like it just it still feels because you're aware of the outside world and the outside world's there but you can't see it and you're still just very aware of even though you're seeing all this stuff happening, it felt like wearing a blindfold and walking around with a yeah. blindfold on. Um, and all the unsteadiness of, like, I felt unsteady and a bit unbalanced and not being able to see your feet or know where your feet are instinctively in, in the game world or in the real world um, threw me off quite quite a lot. And especially when there was a, a demo where you have to be shooting, like, little balls that are flying around you and zapping you. And you're supposed to be, like, lunging and ducking out of the way. I just, I just have felt uh, I was more concerned about not falling over and kind of not injuring myself than actually playing the game or being in that world. Interesting. That's a, that's a fairly significant uh, boundary to enjoying the experience. Because um, the, the Oculus, I understand it, is more of a sit-down VR experience. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it has got some motion-sensing stuff. So it'll, if you kind of strafe your head left and right a bit, it will sense that, but it's not a full-room VR experience. You can stand yeah. up in Oculus Rift, say an Elite. If you stand up, you'll get your seat. And if your cockpit's big enough, you can walk around in it, but only... Mm within the, the quite narrow field of the infrared camera, yeah. mm. whereas the lighthouse towers, whatever the hell Valve are calling them, are like got a massive field of, of that you can stay within, whereas Oculus is like a webcam on you. Or like a, a camera on a, on a, spot, a stick, basically, yeah. mm. that sits on your kind of desk. So, yeah, it's, you can get up and move around in, in Oculus Rift, but, yeah, it's not designed for... for Standing up and running around in a space, I think like the, the Vivas. Yeah, I suppose so. I also, I've also five. Yeah, 
I've also heard that the um, the, the Vive <clears throat> Pre, which is what the press have, um, is a bit heavier than the. Uh, oh, really? All oh, right. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. I don't know if that's. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. But um, yeah, and uh, for, that means that for me, I think Oculus might end up being the the default winner, just because it's a VR experience I can actually have in my small flat, and uh, and that that might suit me more. Like, um, I think people who are really into this stuff are probably going to buy both headsets, just because uh, it's such a it's such a high-end product that I think the people who will go for it will just have a lot of disposable income. I think, though, there's no point in owning the Oculus if you've got a Vibe, I don't think. I think that it will do what everything the Oculus does. You can, do a set, you can play a set-down game. Yeah, it will support a set-down game. Yeah. The only difference now is, like, what what hardware each developer is making software for. Like, Valkyrie mm. will be Oculus exclusive at least for the first few months. That's a big deal, and I think that might become increasingly a big deal as well. Like, um, just because... Obviously, Oculus has a whole division devoted to, uh, you know, uh, to so- to software, and Val- Valve is obviously a developer as well. So I think that might be yeah. where the kind of like the differences become more pronounced in the coming months. You know what it's done? It's brought console-style exclusivity to PC gaming. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's proprietary software now. It's going to be con- the, yeah, there'll be like uh, people in schools now arguing like huh. whether the Oculus are the, <laughs> the richest, better. richest yeah. school yeah. children yeah. with their $800. Yeah, in public schools. So it'll be like SNES and Mega Drive all over again. Yeah. But Valve, like Chet Valzeka, Valve said that the Vive uh, launch catalogue won't have any exclusives. Yeah. Well, apart from obviously the stuff that requires by functionality that obviously the Oculus Rift just can't do. So, for yeah, example, yeah. the the Valve have got kind of like a, a, a demo reel style thing where um, it's just a series of kind of little mini tech demos See, to that, show you. That what. sounds weird. I've not I've not um, tried that myself, but that is from using VR a lot. Those are the things that are the most fun little short things. So yeah. the idea of thirty mm. fun little experiences sounds brilliant. Like mm. more than sitting down and playing an RPG with a, a headset on. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, this week at GDC, um, uh, Sony unveiled the kind of final price and look of the PlayStation VR solution. Uh, that sounded that sounded very technical, didn't it? What's it called? Morpheus. Uh, Morpheus. Yeah. That's no, right. that's it's yeah. It's PlayStation, PlayStation VR. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's an interesting headset. It's, it's a lot cheaper than the others. It's three hundred and fifty pounds as opposed to like five to seven hundred pounds. Plus the PC to play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Precisely. Uh, so, do, are you guys more tempted by that? Do you think they've they've, they've successfully kind of consoleized well, uh, VR. To be honest, for the PlayStation VR, the price actually is what worries me more mm. than because it's very cheap for like compared to the other two. Mm. And I do get like quite a lot of eye straight, like even using the Vive, which a lot of people have said, oh yeah, no, it's completely smooth. I had no motion sickness or anything. I still got quite significant eye strain. Right. Like after the event it took me a good hour or so to sort of for my eyes to stop aching, for me to sort of get rid of that feeling. That's really mm. not a good sign. No, and I don't know whether that's because I'm more susceptible to it or because it is, or maybe I'm not even used to it yet because I haven't had like I haven't tried VR that much yeah. compared to some some journos. Um, so yeah, the idea of like it almost feels like the budget version, the PlayStation One, and yeah, that worries me well, to be honest. I've heard I've heard people say it's a good experience, but like. Um, those people, I don't think, have tried the mm. Vive or the Oculus, um, the journals I've spoken to about it. And, like, uh, I don't know. I think it will probably end up being, uh, like, the the mass seller this year. I think that uh, Oculus and the Vive will both be, like, a little bit niche. They'll do well, but, like, it's, it's going to be a gradual build-up, whereas yeah. PlayStation VR, I think, will be treated like a console launch where it'll probably sell hundreds of thousands on day one. Um, Unless it goes the way of the Move or the... 
It's bringing the move back, though. Oh, yeah, God, well, yeah. will it? Will little, it bring the move back? Those little dildo controllers. You will. Yeah. I, you you need like, those, don't you? Yeah, for a lot of them. Yeah. And you need, the, you need the camera to the run The camera. Well. And so, yeah, it's... It sounds cheap, but there is, you know, a lot of some out there. Mm. It's a good point you raised, though, Tom, about comfort. Like that's such a key thing with uh, with VR, and mm. like that that might also be a factor for me in in what headset I would, I would eventually use. Like you know, Sony's one, uh, the design of the Vive and the Rift is that it's strapped around your head. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the at least the Morpheus iteration of it, it sort of hangs forward. Yeah, that's how right. the final so one will it be. So it sort yeah. of hangs over your eyes, whereas. So you don't have that feeling of being having a thing strapped to your head. You yeah, know? yeah. So like that, that I think alone makes it. I don't know what the the retail model's like, but if they kept that design going, then it's going to be the most comfortable one. That, that, yeah, probably. That they've kept that, and what's interesting is that they've uh, apparently deliberately put a gap that you can look down through, so that you know you can oh, see right. your, uh, yeah. your body and kind of stay safe in your space yeah. and kind of give you that uh, spatial awareness. Whereas this seems like the Vive solution is to put a camera in the front, but. When we were demoing it, it didn't sound like there wasn't a way to engage that camera. To call that up, no. But I'm sure, like in the, in the final version, there will be just a button you can always press. We to, know that the Vive's yeah. got um, built-in functionality to tether to your phone. So if your phone goes, you don't have to suffer the indignity of taking the thing off oh, well. to answer the phone. <laughs> you don't have to leave you your space the, world. <laughs> yeah, you can answer <laughs> the phone in the headset. Like you get a text message, it will appear in your vision, oh, and you can respond feature. to it. And it's, it's all... just uh, like it's it's. Cool, but why? Why just take it? Just take it off for two seconds, you know, just to. I'm busy. Watch, you can a calendar in it. You can bring up your Google Calendar in VR world, if it's, as if like you, you're inside. You're playing. Can you can you do Hangouts video calls? Because then you could just do the meeting from yeah. Hangouts while you're in space. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of like, <laughs> while you're looking at a giant whale that's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> floating towards you. We do. I mean, we do hangouts with the American team. I like the idea of us through the vibe of just yeah. walk around that'd in a, a virtual meeting room, awesome. or, or on one of your displays High-fiving. in the yeah. um, one of your displays in the uh, elite cockpit as well. You just look right, and then yeah. there's the faces of the uh, the American team. <laughs> see, that, that would be that would be genuinely brilliant if you were playing elite and you could have like, and you a, could a, look a over and see Chris Livingston's dog. <laughs> yeah. That would be Evans in a Tie Fighter. You know. <laughs> but if you like in those old space sims where the face comes up, you know, the little animated face comes up in the corner, but it's actually your mate on Skype. You, you can see each other. You'd have to wear flight helmets though for full immersion. Mm. I'd insist anyone that plays with me sit in the captain's chair. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. That's see stuff like that. I think is is futuristic. But a lot of that stuff that's futuristic in practicality, you know, we don't need that. Yeah, you've gone from sounding genuinely angry at the idea of checking your text messages yeah. in VR to being really excited. No, I'm angry again now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you've, you've come back around. It's a lot of that stuff. You, we can do it, but do we need to? And the answer yeah. is almost always no. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like the Carl Pilkington approach to VR, isn't it? Like, do yeah. it Start with the idea first and work backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's uh, I, I've, I'm now... Uh, Fresh, angry about the. Um, <laughs> We're all angry now. <laughs> no, about the exclusives thing because oh, mm, yeah. the PlayStation VR as well has an exclusive Star Wars Battlefront uh, VR experience. Oh and, right, yeah. And I want that. Why can't I have that? Uh, yeah. Just you know, like uh, it's it's dumb and it's annoying. And uh, uh, inevitably, PC VR is going to be the best because it will be of the highest uh, highest quality, but also it will have. All of these kind of you know um, the freely available, stuff. yeah, yeah, available yeah. Demos the freely available make, stuff. You know? Like the just like with the Oculus uh, DK One, you know, getting to walk around Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just that was before it's out in the wider world. It's going to be a, a, a massive thing. The most you know? interesting stuff in VR comes out of people just experimenting. Yeah, like single developer experiments. They're always more interesting than than games because you know games are games, whereas people with I, big ideas and the tools to realise and make some really weird 
interesting stuff. Yeah. We've got a yeah. coming to the office soon anyway, so oh, we, can, we can try it out and yeah. talk about it more. So sure. uh, before we get to try the Vive and try them more extensively, if you were to buy a virtual reality headset thing, what would you buy right now, Phil? <clears throat> I don't know. Because I'm when they do come out, I'm probably not going to buy one. Uh, I'll probably mm. just wait and just sort of see where the, where if it all falls. To, if I had but if George to, Osborne's budget said you, Phil Savage, <laughs> are going to have enough money for whatever gonna, VR headset you want, <laughs> we're going to spend the sugar tax and uh, <laughs> yeah. cuts in disability it's, it's benefits to uh, put Phil to, Savage yeah. in virtual reality. <laughs> yeah. what, what headset would you choose? I'd probably go for the Vive because it can do More. what the Oculus does, but also at the extra level. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. I, I, I couldn't call it. I'd need to try the final version of the Vive and the Oculus to, to mm. work out. But the, the software for the Oculus almost has me swayed, actually. Um, yeah, but I'm, I want to wait a year because I'm convinced yeah. there'll be a, a, a refined yeah. version of this. Valkyrie is like the only VR game that I've been convinced by, the actual an actual game. And even then, I'm not entirely sure if it needs to be a VR game. Like, it would probably work as just a desktop monitor Situation reminds me a bit of the, reminds me a bit of the Wii actually when it comes to software where it's like uh, how long will I play these things? Yeah, but it's it's been the one thing that's not been just like a ten minute experience where I've thought okay, well that is a proper game and it does do interesting stuff with VR. The the question sort of becomes okay, well I don't want to get an Oculus just because of that and then have it be ported over to Vive in six months time yeah which you know ccp hasn't said oh we wouldn't do that they, they actually said oh no we're making a vr game it's just with oculus for now are these games also only available on the oculus store as well because that if if that's the case that's really annoying but, hey another uh, store yeah i don't want that <laughs> um and what would you go for via vive vive yeah i don't know why i've not tried the vive but just my gut says vive Gut says five. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd lean towards the Oculus at the moment. I think because just simply because of the space restraints, I just would never be able to use a Vive, so it wouldn't be worth the extra expenditure at the moment. No, mm. that's, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, interesting times indeed. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, we're going to move on to the division, uh, which we talked about about last week, but um, this week uh, people are freshly annoyed at it. Uh, <laughs> All about us, at, apart, apart from Andy. Yeah. Um, Loads of people love it, and then um, I think less people hate it than love it. It seems critically anyway across the spread of reviews and things. Uh, yeah, maybe I think the the people who aren't kind of just a bit underwhelmed by it. Right. That the they I don't know if there's a lot of them, but the ones that do really love it really love it to a very loud extent. Yeah. Andy, you you are really enjoying, it, aren't you? Yeah, I think I feel increasingly like a lone voice. Um, there are literally dozens of yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> I've played it for. Um, 27 hours now I'm level something <laughs> what am I level 19 mm-hmm. um, so I've put a significant amount of time into it um, but yeah it's, it's good I like it but I don't really know why now that I think about it and try to articulate it is it see the environment is so much of the appeal to me like yeah. uh, and you are uh, you know a, a person who appreciates uh, you know beautiful yeah. in-game environments do you think being in that world is the appeal for you fundamentally yeah, I, I really like the the setting i mean a lot of people have said it's repetitive i mean it is a city with a grid-based road system so it's never going to be as exciting as and and so alien planet here but i think it's just a really beautiful bit of world building and every district has a sort of distinct feel um i just it's just a, a like running around there and the sort of compare the, the the loop of killing, picking stuff up, killing more people, picking stuff up, occasionally going into the dark zone to interact with other players. It just for it, I just find it quite. It's just a, <clears throat> the experience of it. I just find quite just appealing on some level that I can't quite 
sort of describe. And I think a lot of, I remember seeing a lot of this when Destiny came out, a lot of people on Twitter were like, seemed to almost, some of them seemed to almost hate it, but they were playing it every night. And some people were just like constantly talking about it and thinking about it. And I'm, you know, every, every lunchtime now I'm playing The Division, I'm looking at the division subreddit. I'm reading updates about what's coming in the you know next updates and stuff like that. So like I'm you know the, you're in deep. Yeah, I mean I, I'm 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 like a, I'm like a fan. I'm like a I'm part of the Destiny community. My mind is like I'm a Dest uh, not Destiny Division yeah. mixed up. <laughs> I'm I'm like, I'm a Division. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of it, and I didn't expect to be, but yeah. I but equally the the critic in me knows what's wrong with it, and every review, including our own, you go yeah. <laughs> mm. A lot of that's right, but <clears throat> yeah, I, a, a lot of people have issues with the combat. I actually really like the shooting, and the, the more abilities I unlock, the more fun it is. Like I'm really having fun now, um, mixing the skills, and you know, uh, they kind of inform how you play. Like I like the, the like using the turret and using the modifiers on the skills, like the you know, and, and the buffing cover and stuff like that like there's some really interesting stuff going on the more stuff you unlock it's like a lot of those games the more stuff you unlock the more interesting things there are to do in combat also the enemy types change um, so you have to keep switching your playstyle like that I've, I've reached a point now where these uh, shotgun guys who are the absolute worst who will just rush you firing the shotgun and like you re they really keep you on your toes like you can't get comfortable just hiding behind cover all the time you've got to keep moving you got to look at the space around you and make use of it. And I, and I notice a lot of the later levels have got um, little side corridors and elevated bits and platforms, and you can actually use the geography of the level to to make the firefights more interesting. So I think a lot of the criticisms of the combat, I, I've not really felt. Mm. Interesting. Felt I was pretty down on the combat until last night when I picked up a bolt action rifle. Yeah. And as Bolt action rifles are the best rifles. Yeah. There's something so satisfying about yeah, it. It's just, I use my, it's just my the, main the shot, the clink, and then, ah, nice. Yeah, like using, see, like throwing um, something that, uh, like I've got a gun that inflicts, um, it stuns people. So, like, I shoot them with my pistol and stun them. And then, whilst they're standing there in the days, I pull out the marksman rifle and headshot. Mm. And it's like a little, you do it almost like a muscle memory thing. And there's tons of little combinations like that. And, um, it's just yeah, it's just I find it really satisfying. I think if if you've not if you're playing it, you've not used the marksman rifle band of weapons yet. Definitely give it a go because it's, yeah, mm. it's pretty fun. Well, in, in the case of just Destiny, like uh, that's a game that didn't really get uh, interesting until you'd fully unlocked both and leveled up both classes, your subclasses. Mm. Um, it, it could be the case that a lot of the good stuff is buried so far into the game that a lot of people might not get there might get yeah. frustrated before but they reach that some point. people are just fundamentally not down with the numbers popping out of a man's head when you shoot them and yeah. i think you've just you've yeah got over that. that you've got to go over that hump and i'm at the point now right i don't really think about it but i think if you fundamentally the idea of shooting someone in the head with a sniper rifle and them not dying instantly annoys you then it's probably not the game like, for you mm. yeah. that's the thing i was missing was was finding the weapon i really enjoyed firing um I, the one thing that sort of saved Destiny through all its problems was that each of its weapons, except perhaps the auto rifle, is kind of just really enjoyable to fire and feels very different and notable. Whereas I think a lot of the division's weapons are quite they're things you've seen before anyway, because yeah. it's just it's the standard template and then Add to that the fact that a lot of the enemies, because of its RPG systems, are quite sort of bullet spongy and they take a lot to bring down. That kind of that that put me off quite significantly until I found something that could pop ahead. Hmm, interesting. But 
like even building on from that, like I I know that already that that's not a weapon I'm going to be able to use throughout the entire game if I'm playing on my own. And one of the major problems I've got with the division at the moment is it just isn't set up in any way to let you group with people who are of a different level to you. There's yeah. just it just does it falls apart completely. Yeah, like they've messed that up pretty majorly. Because um, if you if a level fifteen person is joined by a level four person, the enemies will be too tough. Yeah. Um, Scale and, yeah. Like so, me and Tom tried playing last weekend, and um, he came into my game. I was level five; you were level eleven or so. Yeah. Um, now, if we play a mission on easy, uh, like it's level five, it's trivial for Tom. You get no good loot for it. But so we were like, okay, we'll pop it up to hard. Maybe there'll at least be some decent rewards. If you pop it to hard, it goes to the max level players. So all the enemies were level eleven, and they were the tougher variants of level eleven enemies as well. So it was like anything could wipe me out in one shot. It was yeah. just like, okay, well, there is no good setup for this. Yeah. So unless we're exactly the same level or, you know, thereabouts, there's just, just no point playing. Like, yeah, I think you tweeted about this, but they just need to make it like Guild Wars. Yeah, Guild Wars. Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2 fixed this by just, if a higher level player joins a lower level player, they get leveled down to whatever that map zone is, but they still get XP and reward, you know, XP and stuff as if they were their natural level. And they like, keep all of their abilities as well. They keep all of their abilities and they just keep leveling up. So there's always a good reason to go yeah. and join a friend. Like, it's always worth it for you, whatever you're doing. Yeah, I used to, when, when someone would start playing it, when, when people were, lots more people were playing, I'd mm. join someone who'd just started in the starting area and play along yeah. with them and still be getting rewards and it wouldn't feel like a waste of time yeah it was it was slightly easier because you know you had all your abilities and that makes a big difference but it's still rewarding it's still enjoyable that's i think we've got a list of like just game design sins on the site where just things that just should never happen i think that's that should be part of it now Mm. that that yeah just not uh if you're gonna have a a, such a heavy focus on co-op but not allow people to group together with their friends easily and 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 you already have an instanced loot system. Mm. Like I, I can understand why um, in the old days when you know when loot appeared, it appeared the same for everyone. Uh, that would be stupid because then you know in Diablo two you get a, just a massively overleveled set of gear really quickly and it kind of breaks the game. But if everyone's just being shown loot that's relevant to them, which is the modern approach, then there's absolutely no reason why people can't shouldn't be able to play together. That's, that's a perfectly valid <coughs> criticism, isn't it? Hmm. Okay, interesting. Well then, no, like the, the divide continues. So, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, honestly, like just such an even split. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really unusual, like how it's <laughs> yeah. captured some people's imaginations and and not for others. It's done incredibly well, though, apparently. Yeah, by the, what Ubisoft have been saying. Yeah, I think it's the hype, isn't it? Just yeah. uh, the, the biggest selling like new IP or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to I went to E3 in 2013, and it, it, it's the last game that I saw there that's finally come out. Like, uh, right. it's been a long long yeah. road um and it, it might be like destiny where it gets better as it goes where mm. they, they probably will figure out ways to scale uh the the loot and make and let players at different levels play together well, later it, on but obviously that, they've launched without it so, that sort yeah. of stuff sort of normalizes when everyone gets to level 30 or to the max okay. level it, the, the problem is whether i've got it in me to bother getting there right Sounds now it's like a long time Quite a slog, isn't it? Yeah. yeah okay all right well uh interesting stuff Okay, so going to talk a little bit about Stardew Valley as well, um, which is still one of the biggest games on Steam. I noticed that Hitman just couldn't get anywhere near it on the Steam charts. Um, Isn't it sold like four hundred thousand plus copies? Over, like, well, well, over oh, that was it, it was four hundred and twenty-five thousand like last week when we Blimey. ran an interview with um, 
with its creator. I think that's but, why I read that figure. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it will almost certainly have gone up significantly by me. This, make, this makes me really happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me it's too. Such a cool game to succeed. I really like it. It's really, really nice. Like I just finally started it yesterday, and it's um, it's got the feel of like I know it, Harvest Moon is obviously the the biggest point of comparison, but mm. it feels like a Nintendo game in a lot of ways. Like. Mm. The quality of the music and uh, and just the the overall feel of it. It's, it's the art style as well is very SNES era, yeah. isn't it? Japanese RPG top down type. Yeah, style. Yeah, and even like your interactions in the town. Like um, I, I don't, I, I've not played Harvest Moon for many, many years. I used to play it in a in a laundrette uh, back where I used to live, but I don't remember it having as pronounced a, a like town and relationship building element. But mm. I might be misremembering it, that. The, the SNES one had a town and you could build relationships, but it wasn't the the writing and characters and stuff weren't no one near as fleshed as colorful as in from what i've seen of stardew valley yeah and like um, it seems like there's there's quite a lot of secrets buried in the game as well um like in terms of places to explore and things that can happen throughout the game um and i'm finding it a bit overwhelming to be honest like to to know yeah. it does sort of drop you in it and you kind of have to figure it out and yeah. like uh I, don't, I mean i don't know how how high the stakes are it seems like things can't go that bad but i don't know i don't want um you know my my granddad's fa- uh, farm to be foreclosed because I'm an idiot who ran it to the <laughs> ground. You know, I don't want that to be my narrative. Is your granddad dead in that? Does he bequeath it to you? Yeah, he dies. Uh, oh, at that's the right. Start of the game, yeah. Then, yeah, exactly. Just... Uh, no, but I mean, you know, I'd still be slightly disappointed in myself. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, it's it's really really nice. Like I I, I I don't regret buying it at all. It's um and like I really do recommend reading the article on our site that six things I wish I knew when I started Stardew Valley that Tom Marks wrote because there is some stuff in there that like is instantly useful and uh, will stop you from falling over in the kind of yeah, uh, that can early be game. quite helpful at the start. Like it's it is quite overwhelming at the start, but eventually you kind of get a plan for what you can do and you f- get into a routine and like I've still not done a huge amount of farming. I'm, I'm just, I've, I've just come out of the spring season, so I'm I've got my first summer now and um I've got a now now I've got a decent amount of money from from my kale racket. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've got a, I've got better plans for expanding and actually buying the buildings all that. But a lot of stuff there costs quite significant amount of resources and things. So it sort of does encourage you to go at a slow pace and to take your time figuring it out. And you know, sometimes it'll be raining and you think, well, I'll just spend the day picking berries from a forest, and you can get a decent amount of scratch for that. You know, that's. Yeah. There's money on the ground. <laughs> I'm worried about running out of wood. Like, what happens when I cut down on my trees? Can I just go and find some more? Or What you do is you don't cut down the stumps of the trees, Sam. <gasps> just cut down the tree, leave the stump, and the tree will grow back. Well, I fucked it, haven't I? It's, uh, it's over already, frankly. Um, it's like the end of Fern Gully for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, Andy, have you, have you been playing this, Andy? Like, uh, nah. I it's, not, it's not the division, is it? Yeah. I played, like... 10 minutes of it and I've just got scared of what <laughs> I think I said this last last podcast but yeah I think I just got a bit fearful of the scope of it and, and, and scared and just went I'll, I'll put this away for later yeah it does seem giant like there's mm. a lot in there um, I, I, I the fact yeah the fact it's made by one person is uh, I know everyone's been banging on about that but it, it is amazing mm. like um, and I'm glad they've been rewarded rewarded for all that work yeah for sure like Undertale yeah. it's nice to just see it kind of like take off in that way um 
but yeah, definitely going to persevere with it. It's just it's just way nicer than me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. Say, it's like, uh, you know, Samuel and you know, naming my farm. And it says, what's your favourite thing? And I put writing. And I thought, oh God, like, <laughs> there's something in me that I wants put, to destroy all of this. <laughs> I put petrol bombs because I was already annoyed by the sort of twee, saccharine tone of it. Touching myself. So, yeah. The abyss. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm currently hanging around a trusty farm with my dog War Bastard. <laughs> that's that's good. And yeah. in fact, in fact, the I've, road, aren't you? yeah, I, I've, I'm subverting it as much as I can within what is a very narrow kind of like I've, I've turned into an antisocial hermit and in the game. Um, so I'm just whenever I'm in town, I wait until a group of people are walking past, and then I start rooting through the bins, which grosses them out. Yeah, just because it makes me the, the kind of strange weirdo outside out of town. That's cool. There's no like, there's no state where you can sort of like die of consumption um, after drinking loads of cider and the dog just dies next to you. That's Annoyingly like not, no. Okay. Um, yeah, see, I must admit, like, uh, I I go looking for the the bits of darkness in these games. Yeah. That's that's what I find interesting. But it's mm. just so nice in this case. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there there's there's definitely some something going on with the kind of big corporation that's moving in. But maybe it's like um, it's like uh, uh, Nibelheim in uh, Final Fantasy VII, and the whole town was burned down. Yeah, and they're but, all actors. Yeah, they're all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you'll find out that you were in that town later in the game. Uh, you know, like uh, yeah. anyway, that's uh, yeah, some something for me to put on fanfiction.net later. <laughs> um, okay, good stuff. All right, cool. So the last game I wanted to talk about is, uh, and no one else is going to want to talk about this. I'm sure. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. It's Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, um, which is a 2001 real-time strategy game made by Ensemble Studios and LucasArts. Hmm. That is just an Age of Empires 2 mod that they sold for 30 quid. Um, and it's on GOG, and I got it like cheap in a sale. And I spent all of last Saturday playing it. Um, and like uh, it just made me think about how, uh, after The Force Awakens came out, I went looking for like the big, grand Star Wars experiences. You, you guys must have had a little bit of that, you know. With yeah, uh, sure. And so, like, um, there's various games that do these things well. Obviously, the um, X-wing games do really uh, good job of uh, simulated uh, space fights. There's a Rogue Leader on the GameCube, which does a really nice kind of like arcade version of the best set piece in the films. But it was the, the, the they never nailed big real-time strategy Star Wars games. They had a few attempts at it. They did Empire at War, which is the most recent one in 2006, uh, which I think was Petroglyph Games, but it was just really a really boring version of like um, <laughs> interplanetary sort of like micromanagement. Really kind of not that interesting at all. Um, and this, yeah, I, I end up playing this, and um, it's one of the least Star Wars Star Wars games I've ever played. Um, you have R2 units running farms, exactly as you'd have uh, like <laughs> farmers, ru- villagers running farms Amazing. in Age of Empires. Um, I, Makes sense, kind of. It does, until you <laughs> you also, uh, you can send R2 units out to kill animals and forage them for food and like, um, to you know, picking off their carcass, <laughs> collecting good. food and bringing it back to <laughs> your so base. Good. You can send them out mining for like space crystals and like... Uh, and uh, but the, the worst thing is when they're picking berries. It's like, <laughs> which is these are all things that are in Age of Empires yeah. too, and they've just reskinned it. And like they've got four types of resource, and it's exactly the same. And all of the tech tree stuff is exactly the same is as it, well. Is C three PO like um, the priest from? Uh... <laughs> no, they're Jedi, so can, of course. He, oh, okay, um, but they, they again they they can convert like uh, <laughs> starfighters into being on your side <laughs> and stuff. This <laughs> is really daft. This is brilliant. Um, it's really it's like. It was a good uh, sort of like morning skirmish thing to play. Like it mm. was, uh, 
but ultimately, I don't know, it just made me yearn for a better game. Um, it doesn't even have B-Wings in it either. And like, uh, it, it's like, oh god, I just had a battle where Wookiees and like Naboo Starfighters closed in on my Rebel base and I had X-Wings fighting off Naboo Starfighters and it really annoyed me. I was really <laughs> angry. I was like, this is... get um, Creative Assembly. Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, that's the dream game. Or like, um, I don't know, even I'd even play like a good turn-based Star Wars game, you know, mm. like... Mm. Uh, you know, endless space or something like that. Something like that. Like, uh, yeah. It, honestly, yes. Anything else? EA have got the license at the moment. Is there any? Do they have any studios there? That you think? I could? think they closed them all, didn't they? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, including Westwood, which obviously yeah, of course. The, you know, the the natural choice. But um, yeah, it just made me think that's, that that sort of game's probably never going to happen. Have now, you and, uh, explored any of like the the mod scene for various strategy games? Because there is always a Star Wars mod, like <laughs> especially like. Both sins of the star, the sins of the solar empire, and Homeworld Two have their Star Wars total conversions. Okay, it's never quite as good though, is it? Well, it, I mean, it's not the great work of modders who do amazing things. But, but it's never quite. You just want. I mean, if all you've got, if all you've got to compare it to is Galactic Battlegrounds, <laughs> then I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that feels like just some guys made it. Mm. Like, uh, oh, we'll just have some RT units picking berries. Mm. It's really annoying when you see like you see them. Uh, eight of them reseed farms at the same time. I love it's how really annoying. Effort there's got, there's got that really. At first, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that makes sense, but you're like, they've just replaced yeah, farms. Yeah, it's, just... <laughs> it's like, and all of the trading stuff applies too. See, so selling like wood back to the Empire and like <laughs> from the Rebel Alliance. It's like, what? This is so annoying. Um, and they released like a episode two expansion pack, which adds uh, the, the absolute non-units that are in uh, in that in that in that film mm. um yeah it's uh, it's really annoying and uh yeah I'm, I'm quite upset by it uh but yeah yeah that's that's how i spent a saturday i'm g- glad this podcast has provided an outlet for your for your rage well, that you've been letting build for well, i couldn't really figure out where to put it in the magazine so uh this, this <laughs> has to be install on that It'd be always good oh, i suppose so yeah i'm, I'm sure people play. remember it like I, I'm, I'm sure loads of, i thought that i at the time i remember reading about it in pcg and thinking that sounds like my perfect game yeah and then the reality was just quite damning yeah. Um, but it's now this is now the second time I've bought that as well because I owned it uh, uh, on disc and uh, yeah, just terrible, terrible decisions. Don't be like me, basically. <laughs> okay, cool. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with reader questions. Okay, so we're back with reader questions. Uh, our first one here is from Gareth Academy, whose name I mispronounced last week. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, with the current hullabaloo with VR, what has been your standout VR experience? And he cites Elite Dangerous as uh, a phenomenal one for him. Um, I don't know. I, I quite like that roller coaster demo uh, that shot you out of oh, it yeah. for the, uh, for the yeah. DK2. That was quite cool. Um, that how- was called... What was that called? I can't even remember. Just we can. Wants to try we it. did a video on that, didn't we? Yeah, so we, we did can... do. It was called. Oh, I had a ridiculous name, but yeah, it's like you're in a big swinging ride, aren't you? Like one oh, of those. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. We did a reaction yeah. video thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. We can. Hard, but amazing. <laughs> we can do show notes this week and put a link in them. Because yeah. it is a good. That. It's one of those ones that it's really simple and the graphics aren't even that good, but you do feel your stomach mm. literally lurch as mm. you put it in there. But yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I had to do like some. Uh, mm company conference thing last year and I took that and just fired loads and loads of people I'd never met before out of it without, <laughs> without telling them they were going to be shot out of it and it yeah. was, uh, it was yeah, quite nice. funny uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I, think... Oh. Well, I was, I was going to say Elite as well for me same as same as Gareth I mean 
there's something about that cockpit and looking around and looking down and seeing your virtual hand perfectly mirror the end game hand when you're using a stick mm. and just seeing the illusion of pulling back on the throttle in real life and looking down and seeing the imaginary space hand mm. pulling down on the throttle you you see it out the sort of corner of your eye and you forget you just feel that's just you go that's my hand like for some reason that really sells elite mm. as well as you know being able to look out and see amazing you know, be able to fly into the rings of Saturn yeah. and like nice. just park, park your ship in the rings of Saturn and just look at it and go, that's that's big. It's, it's clear they could have yeah. thought about VR from the start for that one as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think for me, um, so last year at FanFest, CCP were demoing a bunch of Oculus experiments. But what they'd done is they'd paired the Oculus with the Kinect camera. Uh, and that meant like once you're in there, you could see yourself. Um, you, it picked up your shape and you appeared as like a blue outline kind of thing, this wavy, surreal, abstract shape that was recognisably yeah. a body. And anyone who walked in to the Kinect sensor range was an orange shape that was picked up. And, and more so than the Vive when we tried that demo, I was completely confident of where I was and like my surroundings. Um, and the demos themselves were fairly basic. It was just like some ball games and messing about with like various technical things. But it was a really, really kind of immersive thing to the point where um, in one of one of the demos, like you you had to press down on something like this um, interactive map and you could press down and everything around your hand would sort of sink in. But my hand started tingling because my brain recognised that I should I was pressing into something and my hand was pressing into something. So it tried to sort of mentally create the response of physicality, which was something that like I've not had from any other VR yeah. VR setup. How about you, Tom? Uh Probably E Valkyrie still, mm. which I also tried at FanFest the year before um, Phil did. It's the first reveal of the fact that they were working on anything in VR and that hadn't even been announced as a game, but it was so well received that obviously they've grown into a full project. But even then it was fun and interesting. Yeah, yeah, I remember being shot out of that tunnel and how good that felt like, yeah. for the first time. That, that feels amazing. And also just uh, the ability to lock on with your eyes, just looking mm. up yeah. through the canopy and then... Uh, just be able to, as if you focus on something for three seconds, you get a lock on. So you can kind of be barrel rolling upside down and look upwards through the canopy and get a lock on, and that that feels really exciting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. There's just a quick mention for one. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but there's a VR demo out there. It's like an, it's like a basically like an art piece. So you're sitting in a blank room, and you you look down. You 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 sit with your hands on your knees, and you look down, and there's a really realistic body and you stare at it and nothing happens for ages just long enough for your brain to go that's me and then it ever so slightly just starts glitching out so like big polygon fragments start breaking oh. away out of your arms and then suddenly you start melting and then the camera moves back and you see yourself sitting from the third person and it's so weird when when you slowly pull out of your own head <laughs> to be looking at yourself and then like all oh, starts going trippy it's like a David Lynch-esque experience it's really uh, the, the potential for like cool artistic stuff as well so hasn't many. been yeah hasn't been touched upon really in, in much much rift coverage but yeah you can make some really cool interactive art so many human brains are going to be broken yeah Irre irreparably broken <laughs> yeah. by VR oh, it's another good one where you're sitting on a couch and you're playing a game on television and it's a horror game yeah yeah uh, but the the lights are on and you sometimes like cause you can see the lights of in the room reflected off the kind of sheen of the television 
and you see sort of shapes passing mm. across behind you and then there's a storm happening outside and then suddenly the TV will, will switch off and you'll just see a silhouette behind you and then you'll, okay. s- you'll start hearing this trudging behind you they've got, it's got this kind of stereo sound going on but you'll look around because you can actually turn around of course now. yeah yeah, yeah uh, it's, cool. it's really, really really effective oh, good stuff uh, yeah really uh, full of potential there um, okay cool so which games have the best new and original lore that's from Menthol Penguin um I've actually only played a little bit of Pillars of Eternity, but they seem like that had quite a confident that self-assurance. Nice seems the obvious yeah, choice. Good, good twist on it's, it's a lot of D and D based on a lot of D and D standards, but with some cool, uh, grim, darky, weird stuff put in there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's one of my favourite new like. I found myself on the wiki like interested in like mm. the history of the Glamfathans. I want to know about that. <laughs> so and they've yeah. also given like all the backers appear uh, with their own little sort of short stories don't they as yeah. past lives like they really went all out in yeah like lines like thousands of, of yeah. lines of yeah utterly pointless but of rocket <laughs> writing yeah yeah that seems like uh, the best choice right now doesn't it yeah hmm. okay cool uh, what is a video game genre you'd like to see make a comeback that's from Austin Lancaster whose name is two places um <laughs> uh, uh, golf oh I want to go behind the scenes a bit here and note that on the bit of paper that Sam has all the questions, he's got a note to himself saying, make fun of the fact that his name is two places. That really far away. Yeah, well, that, to be honest, I was kind of hoping you'd bring that up in the podcast because it, it would make it funnier. Uh, and it yeah. did. Um, Good. I'm, I'm glad to have helped. Golf yeah. games. Golf games? Okay. Yeah, that's put a, a personal thing in mind. It's like I love the PGA Tour series and it, it used to be a PC staple, the golf games. I used to play it on my old Pentium 2. Um, many many moons ago when computers were beige yeah people don't even remember that computers used to be beige I remember that yeah but I mean like young people oh right yeah (laughs) right. really young people (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I get it Andy (laughs) yeah like for some reason they stopped making golf games and I I love golf games and they're they're like I don't even like golf they're just really good like physics puzzle games and the best ones now are on other formats like Mm. everybody's golf on yeah you're you're big on that aren't you yeah but they just need to make a super like there was the golf club recently which was a sort of made in Unity golf game that was decent. It was like, I give it a, s- a 7 or something, 70 something, but it wasn't like, I want a proper PGA Tour game, super high production values, but no gimmicks, just golf, just men hitting balls. Yeah, is he? And women, all women. Yeah. <laughs> balls. All right, Brent. It's funny, because I played um, Jazz Punk, and there's like a little golf bit in that at the end, and it did make me think, uh, oh, it'd be quite, like, quite <laughs> yeah. nice to just hit some balls into some holes, wouldn't it? Aren't the developers of Burnout making a kind of mad, exploding well, golf game? It's called Crazy Golf or something, isn't yeah. it? See, I'll, I'm sure that'll be good, but it's, it's I just want... It's the, not pure enough for just, you. Yeah, it's too gimmicky. I just mm. want like really good physics. Yeah. Beautiful course, because it's quite... Golf games are like relaxing. You just listen to the bird song, whack a few balls around. It's, it's, that's all. It's that's nice. problem. Like it'll never come to PC because Sony make it. But it, everybody's golf is perfect because it's yeah. a really good, like solid physics and golf yeah. game. And it has some gimmick but elements, with a but it's still... sort of quaint gimmick, gimmick cartoons. Yeah, but that... it's, it's not enough that it. It doesn't. The it, yeah, it, of the golf. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, the <clears> golf is pure, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. I think. It would be it would be uh, illegal and you shouldn't do it, but you could always emulate the PS2 and everybody's golf games. <laughs> yeah. Um, if what, you own the original, if, yeah, disc. If you own the original disc. Yeah. The developers of um, that 
uh, those ex Criterion guys have invited us to their studio, so we should uh, you should go down there, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Check, it yeah. check it out. Golf yeah. it up. Okay, cool. All right. Um, also, I'd say the RTS as well, like uh, which I was just talking a bit about with the the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, like it's, it's a real shame that um, Act of Aggression, like that that really the the idea of resurrecting that really pure kind of Command and Conquer style, just build a load of tanks and send them at enemies thing didn't really pan out although they are going back to that to try and do a sort of rebooted like revised edition so maybe yeah. maybe they can salvage something out of it there's a new homeworld game as well homeworld remastered mm. so maybe that. i'd personally say hacking games but uplink style hacking games where it's not real it's just the the fictional film version of hacking yeah. where you, you just make some connections around a thing and you tap a few things and it's all very exciting yeah. and unrealistic but fun i'd like a good wrestling game on pc yes that's not 2k16 which is not a good wrestling game <laughs> interesting yeah um I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing that uh ufc game that's on consoles yeah the one everyone around the office has been playing that looks yeah. that looks pretty good uh, but even like um a fight night as well like oh, uh, yeah. the, the fight, fight night great. round four uh yeah that was that was the best one yeah like uh that was the properly properly good uh sort of boxing fighting game um, I don't know why that never came to PC. They never do from that. So Sports good. games so and PC are a really weird place. Like some, like FIFA will always or get get some version, even if it's not like the new engine. They'll, yeah. they'll release some cut down version on PC just so they can get the release out. But, but like they saw that out lately, though. Like it's the full version. On yeah, PC, but yeah. like things like Madden, which is a huge series oh, in yeah. America. Why doesn't that ever come to PC? Yeah, so good I, as well. Quite, really good. Yeah, it's just such a tactical, it's interesting sport. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. yeah, wasn't it a really bad port of that as well? The, the last I one, I think it was. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I don't know why UFC two hasn't got a PC because yeah. there's obviously a massive audience there. But maybe they just think we're going to make enough money off of the console versions. But that's it. The developers are the are the ones who work on the finite games, and they've never brought their games to PC. And I don't know why that is. Hmm. But uh, yeah, hopefully one day. Uh, okay, uh, what are your thoughts on the cross cross platform gaming that we may get? Will it work, and when we will see it? I assume, it's, I assume he means between consoles, right? Yeah. And PC. Rocket League. Yeah, Rocket League. Yeah, yeah, we've already got Rocket League on Was it certainly PC to PS4. And I know Rocket League's doing something where Xbox and PS4 people can yeah, play together. For the first time, yeah. Is that does, does, is the PC factor into that as yeah, well? I mean, it must do, surely. It must do, yeah. Yeah, like, because uh, when Rocket League launched, you always got 90,000 people online at once. They yeah. could not have all been PC players because nah. this was sometimes. Well, you could always tell the. There was a little. There's a little icon or some thing that. Marks console players, and the, I used to make it my fun way of spotting a console person was that they always had a lot of them had weak related names. <laughs> right, and of it, course. And it became, like a, became like a drinking game almost. I'd go if there was someone called like Bong Lord sixty nine or, or Weed Man. You'd take another swig of your uh, one ninety nine <laughs> MS craft beer. Yeah, I'd see it was it had the little uh, icon designate and they were a console player. I'm not saying all console players are. Um, <laughs> Drug obsessed because yeah. we do work with some, so you know, <laughs> console players that is. <laughs> not weed smoking layabouts. No, wow. no, but yeah. So uh, yeah, that, it's kind of already happened, but it's not common. I, I, I don't think it actually happened in the end. But I remember back many moons ago, Gabe came out at E3 when he was making friends with Sony again after slagging him off, and I think there was talk of Counter Strike Global Offensive being cross-platform oh, wasn't Portal 2 cross-platform Portal 2 was Portal cross-platform because yeah, I yeah. I played it co-op with someone who was playing it on the PS3 yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and it yeah worked fine pretty much I, I'm all for it because it just means that uh, you know, your multiplayer games uh, yeah, servers aren't going to be as empty yeah, you know? and, 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 like 
certainly for something like Rocket League, where like everybody's going to be using pretty much the same control input anyway. Yeah. There's no like it. It makes no difference. It wouldn't really. be fair in some games. Like Counter Strike would be someone playing with a controller and Counter Strike will never meet beat someone who's using an op with a mouse, a high DPI mouse. That is no contest there. So yeah, yeah, it's not always a good idea. Shadow Run. It's not a really mm. old oh, yeah, yeah. just didn't yeah. really quite work. Isn't Games that a live one. Mouse versus I controller. I guess, yeah, now Microsoft Xbox. are doing their yeah. universal Windows platform where they might be able to do stuff like that more easily. Yeah. But again, it's again it's a case of we can do it, but should we do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can apply that to a lot of modern stuff. <laughs> the modern world has become like, that's the model of the modern world. <laughs> we can, but should we? <laughs> but like, in theory, then, I guess we're just pro it. So yeah. why not? Yeah. Eh? yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Call of Duty or Counter Strike? That's us the deal. Question. Double what? exclamation mark. <laughs> um, at Edo Ill asked that. Um, Counter well, Counter Strike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't played a COD since. Yeah. Black Ops, the first one. Yeah. Oh no, Modern Warfare three was the last one I played, and uh, even then that was just a Modern Warfare two for me, and its campaign made me so angry that I just never felt the need to go back to them. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, I was thinking about this the other day, like um, how like the the games that sort of uh, that. The people who I went to school with who were, who just liked sports and didn't have a lot of taste in anything would just play <laughs> FIFA, uh, Call of, uh, like Call of Duty or Medal of Honor, mm. and Grand Theft Auto, and those are the only games they played. I thought about how like I'm I'm so, I'm I'm so pro Grand Theft Auto as a kind of piece of craft of a great bit of like yeah. game design, but COD I completely write off culturally, yeah. and I wonder what what is it what is that there like what how do we make the distinction because they yeah. they are fundamentally bought by the same mm. audience but I, I don't know I don't know what we it could, is there's, there's levels to Grand Theft Auto where you can just play it as a dash shooter game with swearing in it or you can appreciate the world building and the you know stuff like that there's, there's yeah. layers to Grand Theft Auto I think whereas Call of Duty is very it's just COD isn't it there's no there's no multiple ways to appreciate COD is there no, you've got to remember yeah. like Modern Warfare 1 was critically acclaimed like Call of Duty 4 was oh it's a great game at the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I've, I've heard from a few for multiplayer even mm. today. Like I've heard from a few people, it that. doesn't fully hold up like these days. If you go back to it, but yeah, at the time it was, it was just then. I mean, the trouble is that, especially as like if you're journos and you're playing the same things over and over again, like you tire, I think a bit faster than the audience would. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's sure. definitely happened to COD. I think like Infinity War did start to prioritize like their kind of set piece spectacle over like logical world building mm. and like the the airport level in Modern Warfare 2 makes no conceptual sense mm. at all. You're walking into a Russian airport and no one else has guns. There's no security guards just to take you out instantly. Like it's No. I am, Stop I am, it. I reviewed uh, Call of Duty, whatever one that was, Modern two. Warfare 2. Yeah. And it was the review was t- took place in Infinity War's office. This was right before they, mm. they, they blew up. And I remember um, taking notes, you know, whilst playing the game, the campaign, and um. You know, I saw the airport bit and went airport. I wrote, I looked back at my notes recently. I said airport, kill everyone, and that was one line. And I remember just thinking, like, there was such a at the time, I had no inkling that there was going to be such a, like a furor about that scene. Yeah. Like, my note, I just gave it one note, and I went, oh yeah, you kill everyone in an airport. It was like that was it. The only, and then like. 
when the game came out, it was suddenly this big thing that people still talk about to this day, and I was like totally unaffected by it, but maybe because I'm like a, a emotionless person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I felt the same way about it, where I, th- I thought it was blown out of proportion a bit. Oh, I'm not I, saying I think it, it was dumb. I'm but. not saying it wasn't blown out of proportion. Yeah. I like certainly in terms of like, oh, it's this really affecting experience and a tragedy and exploitative. No, it's just really stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. like, sit and think about what you're making for five <laughs> seconds. Oh, you're just going to stroll into an airport in Russia with a bunch of guns and nobody's going to do anything. They're just going to let you yeah. gun them down. Well, the, oh, the, the cops do come at the end. At the end? <laughs> like, you're going to get that far into a Russian airport with that many guns and not get shot yeah, to Yeah, I think you're on the pieces. runway when they turn up in the end. Um, tell you, I, I, I just, the worst thing they did was in Modern Warfare 3. The, the thing that made no sense at all was when you're you're in watching in London someone filming their oh, kid yeah, and their yeah. wife on their camera and it's like oh your daughter she's so beautiful yeah. even though the game's already established that World War Three is happening <laughs> yeah. why are they on holiday in London and then like they just get they just get gassed alive and die instantly that while scene, on the camera that's, that's so dumb that street scene if I remember analysing a screenshot of that yeah. once and it's it's We Britain from Arrested Development <laughs> in one frame they've got every London thing they've got Big Ben in the distance there's a red phone box there's a red post box there's a pub the yellow fang all it's missing is like a beef eater straw and past (laughs) and full regalia but it's like it's the most like this is just London it's like Street Fighter 5 round yeah or like (laughs) in Independence Day where they cut to Britain for one sentence right you've got to have the most British accent in the most British place recognisable so everybody knows where we are right now (laughs) a bowler hat pops out and then he spits his tea out I say (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah, in answer, to, in answer to your question, Counter-Strike. Yeah, probably Counter-Strike. <laughs> okay, great. Um, why are shallow and divisive games like Division and Destiny so damn successful? Is because they both start with a D. Let That's me sort of... just stop that. Uh, I wouldn't say that the Division is shallow. <laughs> Let me just come out there and say that. That's okay. a loaded question. Ooh. It is a, it is a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, that's from Olivier Trainin and uh, It's divisive, Yeah, but it's not shallow. I don't. Uh, I think he, I order. think he doesn't like those sorts of games. <laughs> yeah, um, but picking uh, up on that. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, you know, I don't want. I guess there's not really a, a lot to go into here. But like, it's it, it's mainly because they work so hard on making that kind of loot uh, cycle yeah. feel good to the player. And um, yeah. you know, there's a there's a built-in sort of like element of like gambling design to that that, like, that is exciting to people. It's yeah, the same. Know. Pop- it's the same reason that MMOs have been popular for you know over a decade. Yeah, for like, sure. did, or, or something like Diablo or any of those sort of like rewarding Skinner box type games. They've been popular because partly because they're manipulative. Yeah. But the thing with the Division and Destiny is they take that system and they've reintegrated it into sort of a shooter setting, be it third person or first person, which obviously attracts a different group of people to what like an RP and an MMO. An MMO would. Yeah. Right. I'd add that they're, um, they're easy places to hang out with friends. Mm. Uh, and Destiny is very, very good at that. And I think Division is quite good as well. It seems quite slick if you want to actually team up with friends and stuff. If they're at your exact yeah. level. <laughs> the actual far experience far is pretty slick, but not yeah. the, uh, the actual, the yeah, the design stuff, of yeah. the, the level and stuff. But um, it's a, you don't underestimate. If, you, if you're playing the same thing as your friends and just dipping in for an mm. hour every night, every two nights, that's a really fun thing that people enjoy doing. And uh, the Skinner Box means that you always make a little bit of progress. Yeah. And that's uh, that's quite quite pleasant thing to, yeah. to live with i guess olivia what i would say is it's got nothing to do with the fact they begin with d um <laughs> technically <laughs> the division well, yeah, with although d, diablo so. <laughs> yeah, diablo destiny division damn mm. yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> make you think um, 
Okay, cool. Love the first episode. Keep it up. Just wondering when slash if you think the recent crafting slash uh, survival craze is going to stop. I hate that genre and it started seeping into normal big games now, e.g. Fallout 4 settlements being such a huge part of the game. That's from Joe who uh, emailed us that question. Thank you very much. Um, well, I, uh, I, I don't really think that this Fallout 4 settlement thing is that tied to the survival thing. Like um, the survival, yeah, the the settlement stuff can very easily be ignored. But yeah. there is a section where you're forced to do it to, uh, as part of the story. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, it tutorializes it for you, to get and into then the you got to do a bit of gathering. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it actually forces you to do it. But yeah, you can't. I mean, I guess I think it's a good way of giving the game longevity. For a triple A game, triple A developers, all they want is people just to never stop playing the game yeah. and keep playing yeah. it. And so, if you put still it be there, playing it when they come around to releasing DLC. Yeah. So, and all the DLC as well. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Mm. It seems to be a lot of it's creation based, like building robots now. So, it's like, yeah, just keep building. Yeah, it's like you finish the story, but don't stop playing. You can build stuff. Mm. It's, yeah. it's the same instinct that would lead like the creators of Bioshock Two to create a multiplayer game. It's like, oh, yeah. that'll, that'll keep people playing. Yeah. But it's well, more more successful than <laughs> bizarre, creating a multiplayer so game for Bioshock that Bio- 2. That's the first time I thought about that in years, and that yeah. was so weird. That multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. That's the first time anyone's thought about that. Think about Bioshock 2, you don't even remember the multiplayer. Like it, that was such a that whole like bolted on multiplayer thing was such a kind of staple that Couldn't it was a genuine Lynn? surprise. With a, with yeah, a, with a golf, with a golf club. There was achievements for <laughs> oh beating God. people to death Why with the golf club, like. Well, did Infinite almost had one too, didn't it? But like, oh yeah, I remember like. Yeah, games like um, actually this is on consoles, but like the original Darkness game mm. had a multiplayer element that no one remembers too. Yeah, that, that Riddick um, remake they did that had it as well. Yeah, yeah. who played but that? Then who played Batman, Riddick multiplayer? Actually, one of the um, Batman games, Origins, Origins did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every now and again, you get like a Mass Effect three where everyone was like, "Why does this have multiplayer?" But that was really good. That was yeah, a really good co-op horde mode thing. Yeah, that, that was. Hmm. That was legit. Yeah. The the one in Dragon Age Inquisition, much less so. That was. Uh, you, do you know I um I uh, I I think in some ways the whole survival elements thing can be kind of interesting. Like um, one thing I liked in the Mad Max game was the fact that you had to watch your kind of petrol meter. Yeah. And I thought that felt like a sort of like a survival style restriction that had been uh, imposed in the game. But I think in a world uh, with a backdrop like that, there's a logic to including yeah. a system such as that. Mm. Um, Tomb Raider has, I think. Rise of the Tomb Raider tries to put some survival stuff in, but it ultimately doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, the, it tries to. It. I'm pretty sure there is a DLC survival mode, or I can't remember if it's a separate piece of DLC or something that just sort of comes with it as a as an optional extra that you can turn on. It's it's like a completely separate mode outside of the game, and your only purpose there is to survive. Like you've actually got yeah. to kill animals and eat them and do stuff. I think it's probably just as the answer to the question is probably as simple as Minecraft is the biggest game in the world. It contains survival and crafting. Let's put survival and crafting in our games. Yeah, it, it, it also feeds very naturally into an existing trend, which was just making open world games. And it used to be like you, you had your Assassin's Creed Ubisoft template where you had... Um, you had the open world, and you had to fill it with something. So you filled it with you filled it with a hundred feathers that you had to collect for yeah. no good reason. But if you can, then then you had like Brotherhood, where you got money and you could buy things, and it was it was just this extra system on top to try and again the longevity of it. And now people seem to have settled on crafting and actually building stuff as a way to to sort of accomplish those same goals, but with a slightly more kind of fleshed out system. 
Yeah, I sort of like, uh, I've got a, a bit of a problem with crafting systems in that I don't really consider them crafting in, in the terms of what that word oh, means. No. Oh, yes. It's just put these things in here and this comes out. And like, I don't think that's that interesting. Like, I, I kind of wish it could be a little bit more uh, modular than that or uh, just a little bit more creative. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't, I, I, although I suppose that's hard to dispute in Minecraft's case. In something like Fallout, you just pick up, you know, turn stuff into scrap build house and it's, it's not that it's interesting from, it's taken straight out of mmos even i mean yeah division now has crafting where it's you create collect mats combine mats to make things like it's yeah like you say it's not very um uh, interactive is it really you just it's all menu based like it'd be good to have some crafting where you're actually building stuff slotting things together and building things like but yeah yeah that's obviously loads harder to do isn't that sort of what you do in take <clears> on mars andy you've played that uh, yeah, actually, yeah, because you have a th in Tickle Mods, you've got a 3D printer and you can print out bits and, and make stuff. See, so, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I yeah, like that. that. That's mm. more involved, yeah, and like the to to create the bits, you have to mine materials. So, yeah, that's a good example of crafting that actually feels uh, meaningful because mm. you're actually. It's mostly padding, things. though, isn't it? I, I hate collecting crafting in almost every game because yeah. it's just it's pure padding. Yeah. yeah, I did mostly ignore it and Fallout as well. And mm. uh, yeah, mm, I don't know. Uh, I mean, still. Yeah, survival systems can be interesting if. If they're kind of optional, like I like the idea of them being like Fallout having its hardcore survival mode if you yeah. want it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, crafting is generally just busy work. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, that's the all of our reader questions for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get us on the social medias, uh, we're at PC Gamer on Twitter, but individually, I'm at Samuel. W. Roberts on Twitter. Phil? Uh, I'm at Octader. That's O-C-T-A-E-D-E-R. Um, and Tom Senior, you are? Uh, at PCG Ludo, L-U-D-O. And Andy, you're the most popular man on Twitter yeah. ever. So. That's ultra brilliant. Uh, yep, so you know you can tweet us your thoughts or your questions and uh, if you want to email us as well. Yep, you can do that at uh, PCGamer at FutureNet.com. Yeah, actually that makes it a bit easier to copy and paste them into the GDoc when you do that. So uh, emailing is very much welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week.